Good morning, comrades, and uh, welcome to uh, Workers' Power here on 4 Z, where you're with uh, Bill, Hannah and Jackson. And uh, we just, uh, oh, first off, thank you very much to the wonderful Art Cart. Um, you, we just uh, played It's the End of the World as We Know It, um, classic from R.E.M. and uh, I Feel Fine. All right, today on the show we've got... Um, We've got workers' action and, um, uh, you know, some international workers' action. Of course, we'll finish the show with Scallywag of the Week. But um, halfway through the show, or about 11 a.m., we've got a, a, a couple of guests coming in, Jaden and Hayden we've got coming in. They're and, home. Yeah, I know. It's sensational, isn't it? And, uh, and between uh, them and, uh, and Jackson and I, uh, I think we're going to give uh, um, workers a pretty good rundown on... Uh, on um, the uh, how uh, unemployed workers are treated and or mistreated, really. Um, yeah, and like I said, the world will finish off with the world famous scallywag of the week. Now, just to let comrades know that might, I'm, we're trying to get to that a bit early because um, I, I, I've, I've, I've promised a rant. So uh, there's um, lots to be said. There's lots to be said, especially about that scallywag of the week. Right, Owen. Um, well, first off, as always, uh, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land uh, from which we broadcast, the Yuggera and Turrbal people. This land was stolen, never ceded. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We also acknowledge all First Nation comrades listening today. We stand in solidarity with First Nations people in their struggles for recognitions, reparations and land rights. We live and benefit on stolen land. It's time to pay the rents. Right, Owen, um, yeah, on our show, as everyone's used to, uh, we'll, we'll, we go straight to First Nations Workers' Action. And um, our first story here is uh, Seed Mob goes independent from AYCC, which has come from the NITV News, uh, the wonderful comrade Rachel Hocking. Um, Hannah, can you... I can definitely take this one. Thank you, comrade. So, all around the world, sea, sea levels are rising and so are First Nations people. Those are the opening words of a new video released by SeedMob, who announced on Tuesday they will become Australia's first Indigenous youth-led environmental organisation. Since 2014, Seed has made a name for itself as a group of young people on the front line of the climate crisis, including staging a sit-in at Parliament House to call for an end to fracking, coal mining and water sharing. But rather than being independent, Seed has existed as a program of the non-Indigenous-led Australian Youth Climate Coalition. The group's national director... Bundjalung woman Amelia Telford told NITV News that the crisis of 2020, the global pandemic and Black Lives Matter movement had contributed to the decision to become their own organisation. There's this great imbalance that's happening in the world right now where Mother Nature is sending us a message, she said. For us, that meant we were able to sit back and do some reflection and think about this moment right now, what this moment right now means, what the future looks like and what we need to do to have the biggest impact we can. I think that's where this decision for SEED to become independent has come from. SEED's new look will include an all First Nations board and expanding their team of paid staff as well as volunteers. 
As an organisation, SEED says it will continue to push back against gas fracking, coal mining and call for stronger cultural heritage protections in 2021. Yanyawa and Garawa man Nicholas Miliari Fitzpatrick lives in Barula and is SEED's remote community organiser in the NT. He said his focus next year will be on travelling to remote NT communities and sharing information about gas, gas fracking that is otherwise not widely available to community mob. Here in the NT, we're at that point where the young people, we understand the white man's tongue, the science. We understand what's going on around the planet with social media, he said. The main job for SEED is giving Indigenous remote people a voice. While gas exploration has resumed in the NT, with drilling in the Bitula Basin underway, Mr Fitzpatrick is also keen to support his Gomoroi brothers and sisters in New South Wales, who are fighting the recent approval of Santos Narabri gas project. Last Thursday, thousands marched in capital cities across the country in solidarity with Gomoroi traditional owners opposing the $3.6 billion project, which, which would see up to 850 wells drilled in the Pilliga Forest in north-central New South Wales. The group leading the protests is a collective of young people organising under the banner Gomiloroi Next Generation. Mr Fitzpatrick said it's another example of young people taking their future into their own hands. Seed Mob's vast volunteer base have been responsible for small and large-scale actions over the past six years. In 2014, they joined the Pacific Climate Warriors in a flotilla action, sitting on traditional canoes, kayaks and surfboards to block the Newcastle coal port for an entire day. By 2017, the group was taking over Canberra regularly. One action included hundreds of lanterns spelling out land rights, not mining rights, on Parliament's lawn. Their Water is Life mantra has been shared widely through a 2018 documentary which explored this, the impact fracking has had on North Dakota communities in the United States. It highlighted their fears for communities like Barulala in the Northern Territory, Northern Territory, which now face drilling since the NT's fracking ban was lifted. Ms Telford said the fight for climate justice has been strengthened by the global Black Lives Matter movement. The death of George Floyd highlighted what our communities have known for far too long in this country in terms of how our people are treated and that our lives don't matter, she said. We need to not only be listened to and we not only need a seat at the table to make decisions about issues that impact us, but we also need to create our own tables. Get ready for 2021 because there's a role for everyone to play. Great stuff. Oh, I like that word. But we also need to create our own tables. Yes, that was good. <laughs> Great line. Fantastic. You know, this seat at the table. Look, look. What is what is a seat at the table got? Got workers. The accord was was terrible. Now workers are, have been screwed over. You know, like the the yeah. We should be creating our own tables. Yes, destroy the old tables and that, make some new ones. That's that's too right. So um, yes, yeah, some some really good points in that in that story. It's uh um, good to see that, um, yeah, the, the, the young, you mentioned the uh, uh, young people uh, standing up and fighting back and, uh, you know, they've got professional organisers in there, as we were talking about before, um, before the show started. Um, professional organisers can, I'll use the word can there, can be worth 
you know, they're weighed in gold, you know, they're really a good good organiser, even if I do say so myself. And young people these days, I'm so proud of them. They just, they're just so switched on. I think um, just having such so much access through social media and the internet that I didn't really experience um, as an older millennial, um, yeah, they just know what's going on already. It's wonderful. Yeah, I'd, I'd said it a funny one on the weekend. I was... Chatting with some comrades when we were at the uh, Four Triple Z uh, but, uh, 45th birthday party, Ooh. which was a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful occasion. Oh, oh, look, I, got, I, I just lost my train of thought because I thought of what a great weekend that we had <laughs> yeah, there. We did. Sorry, comrades, for that. Uh, I think the point was that young people are switched on. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And uh, they've got so much more access to, um, uh, you know, information. And uh, and that the hardest thing for me finding out information was get someone to drive me down to the library. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on now we better move on because it is a modern world and we we uh, we live in a modern world and it's it, all this information um you know it is brought to you by uh www so uh here we go now this one is a good one uh you know uh, very very important uh, Mardi Gras counter-protest planned following vote to allow New South po- New South Wales police to participate in future parades. Um, yes, yeah. so a protest to take Mardi Gras back to its roots has emerged following the recent decision to continue to welcome New South Wales police involvement in the annual Pride March. Indigenous activists have said they will not give up the fight after a vote was held by the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. The vote at the organisation's annual general meeting saw 327 members in support of keeping police and correctional services in the parade, while 261 members voted to ban them from 2021 onwards. Pride in protest, which put forward the motion to ban police floats from future parades in recognition of Aboriginal deaths in custody and the Black Lives Matter movement, have now launched a takeover Oxford Street counter-protest to coincide with next year's Mardi Gras. Malyangapa and Bakinji man Keith Quayle said the close results of the vote told tell him it will be inevitable for New South Wales police to be eventually banned from the parade. Mr Quayle said Sydney gay and lesbian Mardi Gras is out of touch for allowing the police to continue to participate as the country becomes increasingly aware of the issues of Aboriginal deaths in custody. I've been incarcerated and I've lost family members, Mr Quayle told NITV News. I think it would be very uncommon for any Aboriginal person not to be affected by deaths in custody. Mr Quayle said the motion being voted down will not stop him fighting for what he believes in and that he was organised in the counter-protest as part of Pride in Protest for the people, which will coincide with the Mardi Gras parade in 2021. He said he hopes it will be a party in a protest, keeping with the celebratory feelings of Mardi Gras while also drawing attention to the shortcomings of the parade. In terms of a counter-protest, we want to incorporate the celebration of Mardi Gras, but particularly the element of protest in defying New South Wales Police in 1978, the year of the first Mardi Gras in Sydney, and defying the government for not supporting us in the way that they should be, he said. For Mr Quayles, he said he wanted the Black Lives Matter to be supported by the LGBTQI community as something more than just a hashtag. 
I think Aboriginal people, we've known all along, but the non-Indigenous people are now just starting to get it, that this is not just a USA issue, but this is an Australian issue. It's a Sydney issue. It's a local issue, he said. For me, it's an LGBTQI plus issue. Yeah, yeah, cops shouldn't be in the Mardi Gras. You yeah, know, nah, for, boot them, boot them. Yeah, boot them for, well, for the reasons that you, that was uh, highlighted in there for their, their cruel treatment of uh, First Nations comrades. But also the fact that, you know, the way that um, uh, the LGBT, uh, the LGBTQI community, the way that they've been treated by the police over the last, you know, few decades. Yeah, is, well, just look know, at the first. Uh, Mardi Gras. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was, yeah, so um, yeah, I don't think cops should be be there. Well, I, I think, don't think I, cops should be anywhere. Well, I, I, I just um, and and there's also uh, the other thing. I was thinking about it during as you were reading the story. I, the union movement doesn't have the uh, police union at, at at May Day rally. Yeah, good. <laughs> you know, like because they're class traders, you know, mm. like that's that's what they are, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's good. And and uh, just wanted to note the interest because they've been trying for years to do this. Some of these activists have been working on this for for years since the corporatisation of the Mardi Gras happened. Um, and uh, to see a vote of three hundred and twenty-seven to two sixty-one. That's a market change. Yeah, that's, that's a you know? yeah. That's Good movement. Step and and uh, you know, like the there was a quote in there that change is inevitable, which is fantastic. So, um, if you're part of the LGBTQI plus community, you know, get out there and stand up. You know, if you're down in Sydney, um, go to Pride in protest, not the Mardi Gras. Right, we we should uh, as I said, as we've said, we've got plenty on today's show. So let's rip into it, um, straight into some uh, workers' action. And um, Jackson, we've got some concerns over handling of youth and vulnerable people during the coronavirus lockdown. Yeah, so Queensland's Human Rights Commissioner has called for more transparency around decisions that restrict people's rights during the COVID-19 pandemic, citing concerns about jamming children into watch houses for weeks. Commissioner Scott McDougall said some children were held in the Ipswich Police Station watch house during a COVID-19 outbreak in the Brisbane Youth Detention Centre due to public health directions. Despite the fact that there were beds in the detention centre, they couldn't be housed there, choosing instead they, choosing instead to keep them at the Ipswich Watt House, which is not a suitable place for any child to be kept for more than a day, or I'd say for any time at all, personally. The decision to keep them there impeded upon a host of children's rights. Last year, the ABC's Four Corners program revealed that children as young as 10 were being held in adult watch houses in Queensland, some for weeks on end, due to there being no youth detention centre beds available. Maybe they should stop locking up children. Queensland's newly operational Human Rights Act was quickly tested this year, and almost overnight people were grappling with a host of incursions into their rights, starting with freedom of movement during lockdown. People with disabilities were denied recognition and equality before the law, as well as the right to the security of person when the carers were not designated as essential workers. 
More of their rights were foregone when residential service providers were authorised to lock the gates, doors and windows where they live. Earlier this year, the Queensland government passed sweeping changes to the state's laws in the wake of the coronavirus crisis, including introducing amendments to the Disability Services Act. Under the changes, disability service providers would not be civilly or criminally liable for locking gates, doors or windows if it was done to ensure an adult with an intellectual or cognitive disability complied with public health directions. In Queensland, human rights are not absolute and may be limited by restrictions that are reasonably and demonstrably justified. Yeah, well, you, you look look at the, the the quote there right at the end. May be limited by restrictions that are reasonable and demonstrably justified. Which is so vague. It's I just, find it's yeah, so yeah, vague. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, could go, you, oh yeah, this is reasonable. Oh, yeah, and we have human justified. rights, except for this time when we say you don't have exactly. Human rights. Yeah, no, you this know. is really scary. This story. I'd really like to know more specifically around um, people with disabilities, like living in group homes and whatnot, and how their experience of the lockdown was. Because I think, um, yeah, it's quite concerning that, you know, their, their rights could just be stripped away so easily. And that of children. And, yeah, in the world we live in, it's kind of, I don't know, I'm a bit of a pessimist, but it's all a bit topsy-turvy. So to have our, you know, rights stripped so easily is pretty scary, I think. Yeah, yeah. Pete, uh, uh, those with a disability, um, yeah, they... they, they they treated very, very poorly um, within the system. My training was 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 more in New South Wales, and and um, hearing the heartbreaking statistics of the, of those with a disability that are in the, uh, the 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 judicial system as a whole, you know, not yeah, yes, they end up in jail, and and yes, and there's there's a. Um, I think from memory, it's a form fifteen that you fill out, and and when when people have got an intellectual disability, um, yeah, they they can't they they can't be found guilty, you know. But quite often, um, they don't have access to anyone to mm. actually get them to to fill this form in, and, and and then they end up going through 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 the um, through the system. So many people get forgotten. As, yeah. as I've noticed under the NDIS, there's, I'm really curious to know how many people aren't on it simply because they don't really know about it and they haven't got the support to help them get on it. Yeah, well, we know all about that with, mm. with heaps of services that, that, that um, are for working class people and you, you kind of got to just know about it like exactly but a lot but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's just just People to don't. actually know and mm. and to have advocates that do know you know so if someone with a d- disability you know gets arrested th- there should be an advocate with them there automatically the whole time, yeah the whole time you know like they shouldn't be left alone you know especially but then this becomes a kind of a hard gray area because disability is such a broad Thing you know, and a lot of people wouldn't might not identify as having a disability, or they might not disclose it, and I don't yeah, know. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's a hard one. It it, it is, but um, as as a whole, we we know we can do better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the bottom line. We can definitely do better. <laughs> not know? strip away human rights. <laughs> That'd yeah, be good. Stop locking kids up in jail. Um, Ten year olds in jail at the watch house. You know that's. 
Yeah, my daughter's 14 and I can't imagine her being locked up. It's just horrific. It's like she's still a kid. Yeah, my daughter's the same age, but the twins are 11, you know. They just finished primary school, you know. like Well, that's how we know it's a racist system because the majority of the time it's Indigenous children. Yeah, when they say there's a bunch of children being locked up, they're definitely talking about Indigenous children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, uh, well, um, yeah, we, we, we better move on and um, or, or otherwise we could talk about that <laughs> all day, I think, comrades. Right, uh, we've got one here, foreign language ads offering $8 an hour for jobs. Yeah, so migrant workers in Sydney are being systematically underpaid and a union <coughs> analysis of more than 3,000 foreign language job ads reveals offers of illegally low wages as low as $8 an hour are rife. The analysis of Chinese, Spanish, Korean, Vietnamese, Nepalese and Portuguese ads from December 2019 until last August in New South Wales found 88% of the ads in the community in community websites, Facebook pages and media outlets uh, offer, offer wage below in, in industry minimums. For shame, 88%. In Unions New South Wales is using the data to push for the labour movement to be given powers to enter workplaces and inspect books for underpayment to complement the work of the industrial umpire. The plan was considered and rejected in the federal government's recent industrial overhaul that instead ratcheted up penalties for employers. Construction and hair and beauty were in the industries with the highest rates of ads for below award wages, the union audit found. They each had average underpayments of $6.20 and $4 respectively. The lowest single hourly wage was $8 an hour in the beauty industry. Migration to Australia has dipped during the pandemic, but there were still about 800,000 people here on visas with work rights in September, excluding those on bridging visas and special New Zealand visas. Union's New South Wales Secretary Mark Morey said the government's increased penalties needed to be backed up by greater enforcement, which he said unions could offer. Unions should have the power to check companies' pay records to back them up. Mm, yeah, there's so, so much, 88% mm. for shame. And uh, the hair and beauty industry, uh, I, I would be pre- presuming that it would be a lot of those nail salons. Yeah, that's that. what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. You know, those workers, they're still workers and they don't deserve to be working for $8 an hour. No, no. what can you do with $8 an hour? I know. I know. What's Not that? much. So what's that, $3.20? <laughs> She's a rock and roll. Even e- even the drastically reduced um, uh, doll or, 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 you know, um, unemployment benefits comes quite close to that, which um, which would mean, you know, my, that, that's one thing that I talk about quite often is that um, there's a lot of migrant, uh, 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 you know, um, migrant workers here, here in a, uh, the country who are being exploited because they don't have a safety net. So if they say no, they don't get any shifts tomorrow and their $8 an hour job is taken off them. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not good, not fair to workers and not fair to, 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 the, to, to our country as a whole, you know. Like, um, yeah, it's not good. And uh, I, I'm glad we've, we, we, we've talked about um, other industries other than the, the, the glaring... Um, Obvious uh, ones where uh, foreign uh, migrant workers are exploited, and and that's in the um, 
um, the the fruit picking and the the, the seasonal yeah. work, you know, like uh, with the labour hire firms and uh, unscrupulous uh, bosses um, exploiting them. And it really highlights the importance of unions in discovering and fighting back against these. Uh awful things that the bosses are doing. Mm. Is there any kind of union for migrant workers? I think this is something that United Workers Union does quite a lot. They they heavily organise amongst migrant workers, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, they organise a lot in the space because uh, when you, if you look at um, I'm not sure on hair and beauty. I don't know if they do coverage for that, but uh, they well they that'd do be uh, hospitality, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, in so the hospitality and or would it be under retail and fast food? Well, United Workers Union probably points people in the right direction, I assume. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they sure do, and 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 yeah, they've been working very very hard with um y- y- the out out in the bush on the the migrant workers who work. Uh, um, you know, in the seasonal um, picking uh, farm industry. So, uh, yes, uh, watch that space because uh, I think uh, w- w- when you go when you go back to agitate, educate, organise, uh, you know that's uh, you know the, the, the part of the agitation quite often is is the education, and so that there's more and more and more awareness of, of around this. Um, just just naturally uh, creates a, an agita- an agitation and. Uh, you know, people are starting to to realise that the the um, supermarket duopoly here and 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 the bosses are, are the ones who are our, our enemies. Yes. Not migrant workers. No. No, <laughs> no they're, not, they're, they're not our enemies. They're being exploited at eight dollars an hour. You know, they're not our enemies. You know, so um, it's it's these uh, big big grubs that that make all the money and. Uh, yeah, we've got to keep an eye on them, and and uh, I think that I read somewhere else, in, 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 someone else reporting on this this um, story, is that honest businesses should be supporting this. If you're an honest business, if you're a, if you're a farmer out there, and um, you, you go, well, I do everything right. Well, fantastic for you. Support this. And the union movement will make sure everyone else is doing the right thing and create a level playing field for you. Oh, good call, comrade. You know that's 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 what it does. So if you're if you're out there and you're 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 a legit uh, business owner, yeah, I'm sure all the business owners love our show. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. We've got a few that listen in. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> right. Well, let's let's move on on that note. And um, uh, flight centre in court over wages payments. Yes, so Flight Centre is being taken to court by five workers claiming to have been underpaid more than $200,000 between them. The Together Union is acting on behalf of five staff, some who still work for Flight Centre, in a trial that started in Brisbane's Federal Circuit Court on Monday. So that would be yesterday, I believe. Flight Centre allegedly engaged the employees below award levels, requiring them to make bonuses or achieve commission targets to get award rates. Maurice Blackburn, Principal Giri Sivaraman, who was leading the case, said, Flight Centre for years operated under a dubious system that enabled them to use the same sum of money paid to workers for two different purposes. They ran a target-based incentive scheme for sales staff that paid commissions and then pointed these same commissions to to argue that they were meeting basic award requirements, Mr Sivaraman told reporters before the trial began. 
What we say is that you can't do that. You can't pay someone for one reason and then use that same money for a completely different reason. Mr Savaraman said Flight Centre has changed its system, its system through a new enterprise agreement. But workers impacted under the old system have entitlements outstanding for which they should be compensated. Together Union Branch Secretary Alex Scott said the union was running the case to defend the award system. What we've seen with Flight Centre is a systemic approach to try and underpay workers, he added. Shame, Flight Centre. Shame. So this has happened in a, in a, in a, um, a, a few different environments where, the, uh, you know, like this isn't retail, but, uh, you, know, you, you know me, I know a little bit about <laughs> retail. And it's happened in the retail environment where you earn commissions, and then when what the um, what the pandemic exposed is, you weren't getting those commissions anymore, and then you were getting paid below the award. You know, yeah. so it doesn't matter what what's going on. If you got a worker, they're gonna be. You got to make sure they're paid above the award. You know, so yeah. Well, no, this is like remember we were talking the other week about um, Telstra. You know, how they were exploiting Indigenous workers out in community and ripping them off, like, wondering if they worked off commission and, I don't know, it might, might be well, related. Yeah, the people, yeah, yeah, the people, yeah, generally, you know, you, where you get these hard sells of, uh, of people who really can't afford it, it's because you've got these people who are, um, are, are getting paid, essentially, you know, through commissions. Yeah, yeah, you know, so it all goes back to the bosses. That's uh, right. Uh, typically. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, the, the, the great fight from the Together Union, and um, that's a good story, that one. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it would be good to see, uh, you know, it's only five workers, but $200,000. That's a yeah, $40,000 each. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Cha-ching. <laughs> oh, back pay is one of my favourite words in uh, the English I'm still language. waiting on some from like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when that's going to come through. They're oh, like, they oh, we're going to give you some back pay. I'm like, waiting, waiting. waiting. Yeah, <laughs> they take, they, yeah, they take forever, you know. So they're, oh, oh, they're, they're pretty keen to cut it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, Handing or, it back over is a different story. If you, if you get overpaid, they're pretty keen to get it back <laughs> real quick, aren't they? You know, like, oh, just on that note, if uh, if the boss says, oh, we've overpaid you and uh, here I'll sign this form, we're going to get back, don't sign that form. Don't <laughs> sign anything. If you've been overpaid, never, ever sign anything. Never never agree that you've been overpaid. Okay. And if they, yeah, yeah, because that's your money. They've given it to you. That's their mistake. Go see your union. Good half tip. A, there's <laughs> half a chance. Don't you, sign anything. Don't sign anything. Get in touch with the union because there's half a chance that you'll keep that money. Oh, nice. That's a great tip. Yeah, yeah, but get in touch with the union. That's why it pays to be a union member, you know. Oh, there's, so many you know, reasons. For, for, for about, you know, look. Uh, for around about ten bucks a week, some are more, some are less. You know, um, you know, it's, uh, you insure your car, you, you insure your health, you insure, you know, like your house, right? Insure your job. <laughs> insure your job. Join your union. Uh, we're going to jump straight into some international workers' action. What have you got for us, Jackson? Well, we've got. Uh, oh, Sorry, that's my, my bad. Uh, well, we've got some. News from one of our favourite cities in the US, Portland, Oregon. So, militants in Portland, Oregon have attacked pigs with rocks, sprayed fire extinguishers at them, and damaged police vehicles in defence of a black and indigenous family threatened by eviction. 
The action of collective defense took place as thousands of people in Oregon and across the country are facing eviction with a pandemic-inspired moratorium on evictions set to expire within weeks in Oregon. Federal renter protections are also set to expire on December 31st, as politicians have made no attempts to stop people from losing their homes, and COVID cases and deaths continue to surge. Since the George Floyd uprising began, Portland has been the site of nearly continuous militancy against the police. A group of comrades for months have defended the home dubbed Red House on Mississippi, because it is on North Mississippi Avenue, to oppose gentrification and the eviction of the black and indigenous family in September. The house has belonged to the Kinney family since the 1950s, according to the website for the Red House on Mississippi group defending against the eviction. The Kinneys paid off their house but took out a new mortgage to pay defense lawyers after a family member was arrested in 2002. The Red House the Red House on the Mississippi group has said the house went into foreclosure and was sold to a developer at a 2018 auction. The family argued in court that the eviction moratorium in place until the new year should apply to their case, but a judge in September found it did not apply because their struggles began before the pandemic struck. The reactionary landlord of the Red House complained that people were trespassing and pigs showed up before dawn and arrested seven people. Following the arrests and the clashes, militants on Tuesday afternoon used power tools to set up a barricade with wire fencing, debris and wood pallets to block off the the street access to the house. The demonstrators also hung signs saying stop the foreclosures and no jurisdiction. Uh, Militants threw rocks, paint-filled balloons at pigs and broke a police vehicle window and deflated the vehicle's tyres. Pigs left the area around 10am and it has since been barricaded and occupied by around 100 comrades. As more and more people around the country are threatened with evictions, this militancy provides an example of effective collective defence against the forces of state repression. Uh, once again, the pigs prove that they're nothing more than tools for the, for the ruling class. Yeah, we have this family who's just trying to not get evicted during a pandemic and a recession. And as uh, as you may know, the pandemic is a lot worse in the U.S. Oh, like yeah. If they're getting kicked out of their house, that is a huge chance of death on top of the already huge health risks posed by just being homeless in the first place. Yeah, it's winter over there at the at the moment, isn't yeah, it? So, so. Yes, the dis- disgusting behaviour um, by yeah the the re- the landlords, the police, and. But yeah, the further, the more and more this you know goes on in Portland, as it says in this story, the, the collective action and the organisation is growing. Yeah, like the which is amazing. The, they fought back. They stopped them from getting evicted. Yeah. This is huge. This is great, great news. So good <laughs> on them. Keep fighting. And there's going to be more fighting coming up once that eviction moratorium closes oh, so, down. Oh goodness me! Yeah, that's yeah. Watch this space because we'll definitely be be following that because um, it's really really yeah interesting stuff and it's a good example of um, I don't know how how far things can go like America is just to me the epitome of late stage capitalism it's kind of it's all starting to really fall apart so 
it's good we could hopefully learn a thing or two. And if it wasn't clear from the amount of times we called the cops pigs in that story, that story is from AMW English, Abolition Media Worldwide. Oh, so you didn't even change that? It was. Oh, no, yeah, they, oh, you, they just do that. Okay, <laughs> I love it, I love it. At the beginning <laughs> of the story, it was a little bit like, I don't know, I had a bit of a giggle to myself. They sound like they were throwing stuff at pigs. <laughs> <laughs> not actual pigs. We do not endorse hurting animals. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so we have one more story for International Workers Action. This is less... Uh, no, this one is not... Uh, exciting um but it's still sad, important bit of sad news yeah so uh the this one's from west papua and the story is from green left weekly the armed conflict in west papua's central highlands continues to deteriorate costing the lives of innocent civilians the latest extrajudicial killing was reported from the papuan regency of punkak according to the justice peace and integrity of creation desk of the papuan tabernacle church and the papuan institute for human rights study and advocacy two students were on their way from the town of illiger to their home village on november 20th when they reached the limbaga mountain they were intercepted by a group of fully armed security force members who reportedly tried to execute them. 17-year-old Manus Murub sustained three bullet wounds as he escaped, while his friend Atanius Murub, who was 17 year old, years old, was killed on the spot. Manus and Atanius left Illiger early in the morning around 3am for the 11-hour walk. Around 10.30am they ascended Limburger Mountain when the security forces approached them. The soldiers were wearing balaclavas, back combat suits and bulletproof vests. Manus identified the combatants as Indonesian security force members. One of the soldiers asked the boys, where did you come from and where are you heading? The boys said they were coming from Illiger and were on their way to the village where they wanted to stay over Christmas. According to Manus, one security force member handed a pistol to the boys and told them to hold the gun while another took a photo. Feeling uncomfortable about the situation, Manus and Atanius tried to escape. They feared the security force members planned to kill them and use the photos to incriminate them as members of the West Papua National Liberation Army. Atanius was hit by a bullet and died instantly. Manus sustained three bullet wounds to his right ear, neck and armpit. After hiding in the forest, he continued walking to the, his village. He was evacuated to the General Hospital in Temeca the following day, where doctors removed two bullets. Kugabuilhan the third military commander, uh, Colonel Suryastoa, claimed the shooting was carried out by members of armed criminal groups, which is an expression used by the security force members for Liberation Army fighters. He told the media outlet Juby that the attack was carried out by the Liberation Army to create a bad image of the Indonesian government in the international community. <laughs> Relatives confirmed that Manus was a high school student and not associated with the Liberation Army. Atanius's relatives demanded the Indonesian military return his body to their village for burial. Good reporting there. It's good to keep on top of what's happening over in that part of the world, which we like to do here at Workers' Power. Um, cause it really provides an example of the brutality of the Indonesian government oh, towards the West Papuan people. They just find these two random kids that are trying to get home for Christmas and they try to murder them and frame them uh, for being... <laughs> they frame them as being uh, revolutionaries and then just, just murder them because... Yeah, just because just of... Ugh, yes. Propaganda, I guess. Yeah. 
yeah. they 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 value they value the propaganda they value being able to provide propaganda against the West Papua Liberation Army above the lives of these people. Yeah, it's basically. Awful. Yeah. Right, so so we're going to move on and um, you know have a chat about uh, um, other areas that uh, has got us a little bit disgruntled here and. Uh, um, some of uh, our listeners out there may have heard that uh, uh, last week there was um, the Castus Welfare um, de- debit card was uh, was in the news um, uh, last week uh, because the uh, the trial was extended and um, so uh, we've got uh, we thought it was a great opportunity to uh, bring in our regular. Jaden, hello again. Good to see you again. Jaden's uh, with their anti poverty uh, network. And also, uh, we got the great opportunity to have um, Hayden uh, Patterson join us, who's a ACOS board member. He's part of or oh, setting up the Worldwide Unemployed Workers Union, and uh, so uh, we, between us, I, I, I think uh, as long as we stay focused, <laughs> I think that we um, should should be able to um, cover most of uh, what what's been happening. So I'll, I'll go to. To you, Hayden, um, what what was the legislation that was passed last so, week? So basically this trial that started out as a 12-month trial six years ago was extended for another two years um, and that came about because they weren't able to get enough votes to put it as an ordinary program and so amendments were made at the last hour and it's just been extended for another two years despite the fact that all of the reports and audits that have gone into it have actually come out disproving the reasons it was brought in in the first place. Yeah, the ones that they're actually releasing, you know, some of the reports they're not even releasing, they're not even um, letting us know. What, um, there, there was um, there was one report, now Catherine Wilkes of the uh, um, Say No 7 is, is very learned in it. Jeez, oh, we'd love to get her in here one time when she's down in Brisbane. Um, but uh, yeah, they've been campaigning very, very hard in this space and um, uh, there was a small win, a small win, I, I think, where, the, as you mentioned, they were trying to make it permanent and that didn't happen. And it was um, it was actually Rex Patrick that was flipping and flopping all over the place. And Yeah, that, but we also thought that Centre Alliance weren't supporting it. They just didn't even show up to vote for it. So yeah, didn't even show cowardly. up. Yeah, quite, quite, you know, so... Uh, now, um, the, 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 for those that don't know, Jaden, um, can, can you let us? Uh, you know, there could be a listener that has, has never heard of the Cashless Welfare Card ever before. Can, could you give us a rundown, Jaden? So the Cashless Welfare Card is run by a private company called Indu. Now, Indu is pretty much run by former uh, national and liberal uh, MPs. But basically, what it does, it. Uh, restricts 80% of the uh, Centrelink recipient's income onto this card, which can only be used at specific places. Coles, Woolworths, Kmart. Um, yet you can't use it um, at, like, second-hand shops or, like, Gumtree or whatever, which, you know, if you're poor, like, and your fridge breaks down, that's probably what most of us rely on, right? We can't really afford to get one out, right? So it um, creates issues on that, and it's basically... Um, they say it's to basically, you know, try and um, stop, you know, gambling and alcohol addiction. But I guess, like, the reality is basically another way to, you know, control people's income and demonise people for being in poverty. 
Yeah, yeah, spot on. And and I, I reckon that there would be at least one person, at least if not more, person who lives in the Hinkler region who doesn't collect, who lives in poverty, even more poverty, because they don't want to go through the draconium system yeah. that is our welfare system. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, we, we uh, and and uh, so there was many, many groups um, fighting. C- could you, uh, Hayden? Could you go through a couple of uh, groups that you were involved that have been fighting against this? Yeah, Tell so us the good guys. Uh, well, uh, as you mentioned, the Say No Seven Group and Stop the Cashless Welfare Card Australia. Uh, whilst I was with the Australian Unemployed Workers Union, they were fighting against cashless welfare. Uh, and then you got the anti-poverty networks of Australia, so Queensland, South Australia, and WA as well. And and it's a it's a growing movement, isn't it? You know, it's um, like I I, I was um, on on uh, I think it was yesterday afternoon. Uh, our our um, the Scallywag uh, uh, Malcolm Roberts put a put a, a a video up of explaining why why he did it. He's even trying to he's even trying to rebrand it. Oh. You gotta love these right wingers, right? He's gonna. It, they, they should be calling it the less cash, rather than the card less. <laughs> I the, hate the, that. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a scallywag. But the 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 thing that I wanted to mention there is the overwhelming res, uh, support for 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 workers, right? So the 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 overwhelming dissatisfaction with the card. Um, on his own page. So there's One Nation supporters there saying, no, 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 don't do this, you know. So um, how does the uh, growing movement make you feel, Jaden? So far I'm really positive. I think we do need to get a little more... I think elements within the campaign do need to get a bit more militant. Like we had sort of with APN, for example, when we did Rampage Day... Um, but no, I think, you know, it's finally starting to gain some traction. It took, it did take a few years. I know people like Catherine sort of really, um, you know, kept that going. But yeah, so far so good. Like, let's keep it going. Let's see if we can escalate and, like, organise more. Let's, um, well, just pause for a minute and just give a shout out. Like, we've, she's already been mentioned a couple of times. Let's give a shout out to Catherine Wilkes. What a great comrade. Standing up, fighting back. Um, from memory, she. She's not even on the card, is she? No, no. So the card doesn't apply to her, it never will. That's right. But there's a comrade who is standing up for her community and she put everything on the line, everything. she was also speaking five years before it came to her community. She was warning everyone else this is what was coming. Yeah, she was campaigning back when it was the basics, you know, like, you know, she was standing up for First Nations workers all those years ago. And when it first went to Sejuna, she knew it was ultimately going to be rolled out to her area. Yeah, right, and she, so. yeah. What a, yeah, yeah. So shout out to uh, Catherine Wilkes, the Say No Seven and the No Cashless Debit Card Australia. And there's groups, fle- you know, popping up all, all over Australia. Um, if you want to get more involved in that campaign, um, just check out, just put into your Facebook search, no cashless welfare card. And, um, yeah, you'll find Catherine Wilkes, who's, who's a great campaigner. And um, we also, I think a, an important thing for us to talk about here is... Uh, has been the... Um, the, the redu- First off, the, uh, the admission by the government 
that the 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 former um, uh, level of a new start was not enough, was it, Hayden? No, it hasn't been raised in over two decades. That's right, and 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 it was a stark. You would agree that it is a stark admission that it's not enough that they actually raised it. That's right, and uh, so um, they. Um, decreased it in in September, and what was the decrease there? Do 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 any of you know the how uh, the the figures? Uh, so it was originally five hundred and fifty a uh, fortnight, and they um, decreased by two hundred and fifty. Right. Oh, and um, and now uh, there's um, there's some some quite uh, uh, stories of uh, of despair. Could, could uh, uh, Hayden? Could you give us a, a broad? Um, uh, of some of these uh, desperate actions that have been taken or, or, or ramifications more to the point? Well, I mean, for a starters, some of these people have dreamed for two generations to eat three meals a day and so they finally got used to it. Uh, but the day that uh, Senator Rustin announced the cut to the Job Seeker Supplement, um, people went out and took their own lives. Oh, that, that, that's incredibly... Incredibly heartbreaking. We we, we want to mention here that uh, if you if you are in despair or, or distress, uh, you can get in touch with Lifeline on thirteen eleven fourteen. Um, and it's not good to hear um, people that in in that amount of despair, um, um, yeah, taking such drastic actions. Um, but uh there's 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 another date coming forward soon uh in march uh well we don't know the exact date oh, oh well i know but there's another reduction coming there do do either of you comrades know that that next reduction i'm pretty sure it's meant to be late december 31st of december all right and is that returning back to the old rate it's supposed to be there's a little bit of a buzz they might raise it a token amount but it's not going to be anything where it is now so it's back to that that what, what forty dollars a day yeah 40 bucks a day five five sixty yeah yeah, yeah. about 550 yeah which is really bad logic given that we're uh, not in the greatest economic uh, circumstances right now and it's not like there's two million jobs out there for all the job seekers yeah. well that's right there's no jobs out there and um, we're also I think uh, in March, it must be the um, the JobKeeper thing that's dropping off in that's March. Right. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's where we're, we're that's the the edge of the cliff where everyone's going to be falling off it. Which will find another sharp rise to unemployment because that's the only thing that's sustaining those jobs right now is JobKeeper. Yeah, and um, you know, you know that's that's the time when when we will we, really. I, I think we've been cushioned a little bit from 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 the 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 uh recession the pandemic recession but uh would would you agree that that's when it's really gonna hit the fan for the most part but there's been people that have been left behind all along yeah. such as disability pension carers youth allowance migrants it's been a real struggle for them but suddenly everyone's going to be back in that boat way below the poverty line did they put your Oz study up Jackson, or did they leave that the same? Oh, no, it's... Uh, with the coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that went up. So but, it's been decreasing. Over, but but it's decreasing else. back down yeah. again. Even a student, you know, like... Uh, I know Oz study is a bit less than, than New Start, and uh, if, even if you were to say it's about the same amount, it's not enough. It's still way below the poverty line. Yeah, well, bucks. I'm on youth allowance, and it's actually like $50 a fortnight or something. <laughs> without the coronavirus that's, supplement. That's not even your fares to go to uni, comrade. Yeah, I know. 
it's uh it's not it's not really anything but uh that is with my personal situation where i don't actually have to pay rent or anything yeah so yeah it's you know if you you know if if, uh, you're in a good position you're all right but if you're not well tough luck it it seems to think from from this government and so yeah yeah we're we're about to fall on a, a precipice so um Let's go on to the, the what what really I think that what the listeners are waiting to hear. What are we going to do about it, comrades? I think we'll go to Jaden first on that one. What 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 exciting campaigns uh, are Anti Poverty Network going to do over the next few months to agitate, educate, and organise in this space? Um, so the main thing we've got going right now is we're continuing on with the uh, Serena Russell boycott. Um, because, uh, so basically what we're doing is trying to get people to transfer away. Um, you can call the um, department's customer service line and basically they can transfer you on the spot. So that's a big campaign right now. Um, as well as that. We yeah, yeah, look, at the end of the day, you're the customer, aren't you? You're the client. And uh, I know I've done that before, but, you know, look, I'm I'm a bit learned than, than a lot of come. Oh, yeah, I was I was getting jacked around by, by a, a um, job network agency. This, this was ages ago, right? And I said, well, that's just not good enough. And I just rang up and just found another one. And then it's, yeah. it's pretty easy, really. Oh, yeah. As I said, they can do it on the spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, job networks will never do that. But, you know, we don't expect that. As well as that, I think, like, with the cuts to, like, our job seeker and all that, I think one th- a really uh, important aspect that people really need is mutual aid. Um, and so what we're doing is, like, we're doing a series of community care stores where we're trying to give basic... Um, resources out to people you know toothbrushes toothpaste socks um and really trying to support people that way um so that's the main things we've got going on right now and we're going to continue to sort of expand that throughout uh the next year yeah awesome and uh hayden what 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 What's exciting you and what, where are you going to be campaigning over the next few months? So as you've seen since September, there's been a whole lot of national actions all around the country and there's been coalitions working together. So um, the Life Campaign, for example, which is made up of the Anti-Poverty Networks, uh, the Australian Unemployed Workers Union again. Retail and Fast Food Workers Union Absolutely. is involved in that too. A lot of trade unions um, and a lot of really good campaigners from around the country all collaborating together. Um, and so we've seen actions outside of Ruston's office, for example, outside Inju. We've had some webinars, etc. So they'll actually keep building up the pressure as we're getting closer to this drop-off. Yeah, yeah. The life campaign. Uh, so if you want to find more about that, which is a great, it's look. Uh, I, I was I was involved with it in the early days, and Jaden was a little bit as well. It was just. Uh, the way that it was organised, uh, Don did such a fantastic job facilitating it all, and and um, he he was the uh, just uh, assumed unelected leader. We just all started following him <laughs> at the meetings, and and there's other people like J- uh, Janet uh, Burstell who's been doing some great work. Uh, I think Darley. Yeah, yeah, Eileen has yeah. been yeah doing some fantastic stuff in there, and uh, it, it's really. Just up the notch a little bit, the 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 campaigning, the grassroots campaigning, because we've had that professional approach to campaigning, but the grassroots approach, where do you see the advantages in, in a grassroots campaign? I think it helps keep the message on point and gets everyone working together, singing the same song from the same song sheet, so to speak. Um, it also gives people that support to be able to lean on all of our comrades all around us. 
Yeah, um, Jaden and I were involved very early on and, uh, you know, um, part of the... It took a... Oh, good. It was a, at least four meetings or so before we formulated the way that we were going to approach and, and some of our statements. It was a fair bit of work, but it was so fulfilling and, and worth it, wasn't it, yeah, um, Jaden? Absolutely. Like, you know, when the launch happened and we got the response that we did, it felt really good, especially, like, the fact that... Because, like, a bunch of us, like, you know... Hayden and I and a bunch of other comrades have been trying to do something like this for like the last two years. Yeah, and it was good just bringing everyone together, you know, and uh, yeah, so um, uh, for our listeners at home, you can find out more once again, you know, the the capitalist class have given us a fantastic organising tool in Facebook. Uh, let's and and it's for free. Let's use it while we can. When you're not in Facebook jail. <laughs> yeah, when you're not. Yeah, when you haven't been naughty, right? So uh, go in and and go to your Facebook search, and uh, look up living incomes for everyone. And life is is the an acronym that they, they use, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, a fantastic. And I, I remember the early days how. Uh, um, Jaden and I, we we um, and our other comrade who were in a meeting, and we're we're chatting on the side, and and and, and we're we're, we're geeing each other up for for the debate and chatting, and we we wanted to um, highlight that it's a class struggle, yeah, and um, but there was a little bit of little bit of debate in and around it, but in the end there was just consensus all at once. Jaden and I had explained, and others had talked about it. It's it's a class struggle, you know that that really is. And um, where where do you see the benefits in, in, in that? You know, like uh, Jaden, you know that, that it's that it's a class struggle. Well, I feel like that can just be a very unifying thing. We can uh, sort of um, hook up with other, for lack of a better word, sectors of our movement. You know, um, for example, trade union movement and all that. And I think if we start. You know, and I think we start realizing we have the same interests and all that in terms of like different same class interests. I think you know that can be really important. That's the way I see we can best unify and do what we need to do. Working together, and one thing that I I know all three of us have been trying to get for years and years is is the CPSU on board, and and they're they're part part of of it. They're part of it, and that open letter that they'd written. Uh, from CPSU regarding the cuts to JobSeeker. Yeah, and for, for those that, that don't know, the CPSU is the, the Commonwealth Public Sector uh, Union and they hire all... they Well, they don't hire. They, co- they cover all the people who work in Centrelink offices and, uh, and Services Australia. So to have them on board and, 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 and to, to, to even have, have it so that... Uh, even just as something as simple as is letting them know, oh, we're going to be protesting out the front of your store today. Let your members know we're not there to uh, to engage to to say anything with them. It's it's the government, and well, the main thing that we do when when we do these stores is is try and have conversations with, with those workers. That would be right, wouldn't it, Jaden? Yeah, like you know, trying to talk to people about the reality of living on Centrelink, but also yeah, trying to provide advocacy for those uh, anyone who's getting you know. Struggling to access a payment or got cut off unnecessarily, um, beer. Right. Uh, well, that's all about. We've got. To, is there anything that 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 you'd like to add, Jaden, or, or any questions you've got before I go, hmm. Jackson? 
Well, yeah, that, that's about it. If you've got questions, if you want to know more, um, you can shoot. Once again, we'll we'll, we'll give the uh, um, capitalist class a bit of a plug here. <laughs> you can message uh, Workers Power Four Triple Z if you need to know anything more about this. You shoot. You shoot us a message. I'll per- person. Well, Jackson's normally quicker than me on it, but. Uh, um, we will follow through and we will put you in touch. If you if you can't find Catherine Wilkes and you want to have a chat with her, get in touch. We'll put you in touch. You want to know more about Anti-Poverty Network uh, Queensland? We'll, get into, we'll put you in touch with Jaden. You want to know more about um, a Worldwide Unemployed Workers Union or Anti-Poverty Network SA? Are you still an yeah, SA yeah, member? Still a member, three years now. Yeah, um, um, get in, just get in touch with us and we, we can put you through and because I know that we've, we've, we've got, well, there's four comrades in, in the room now that, that will do anything for, for, for those in, that, in, in our class and help them out. Isn't that right, comrades? Absolutely. Absolutely. And well, when it comes to Catherine Rooks, from my understanding, she has, uh, she's part of organising this big, like, mutual aid stuff thing for uh, people on the cashless welfare card up where she is. Uh, where is she? Uh, she's... Harvey Bay. Harvey Bay, she is. Yeah, yeah. so there's this uh, great mutual aid network. So if you're looking, if you're on the cashless welfare card and you're looking for help or you just want to help other people who are on it, then get in touch with her. Yeah, that's uh, Yeah, uh, I think it, it happened on the weekend, but she even organised a big um, Christmas party for, you know, which is. She does it every year. Yeah, but it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and. Um, you know, good on all all hats. Oh, I think this has turned into the Catherine Wilk- Wilkes Appreciation <laughs> Half Hour, hasn't it? I'll have to get a copy and send it off to her. And and and, and uh, uh, you know, like I, I have a lot of uh, admiration uh, uh, for her. She uh, her uh, political education has has grown as well. You know, yeah. she wasn't as far left wing as what she started, but. She's she, seen a lot in her time. She, yeah, she's she's learned a lot. She's seen a lot, and 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 now now she really lives and breathes solidarity. You know, so good she, on her. And she's uh, actually a little bit unwell this weekend as well. So yeah, it's really starting to take a toll. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. And if you're in, uh, we just reach up into Bundaberg and Hinkler. Only just want to want to take an extra boost to the system, but you can. The, uh, that there could be lots lots of listeners who are tuning in on uh, www.fourtriplez.org.au. Um, reach out to Catherine, help her out. You know, like um, you know. We, 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 yes, you've got a great organizer and a great leader there, but um, she is only strong as though she's leading. And you know, like sort of on the front line of basic, you know, this really, like, draconian thing, like cashless welfare cards. So it's like any support that can go there is really important. Right on. Well, thank you both so much for coming on, um, Jaden, once again. And uh, Hayden, uh, oh, he, he, you're talking, you're considering moving to Brisbane? Well, uh-huh. well, whenever you're up here, well, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have you on again and you can give us an update on what you're up to. So thank you very, both very much for coming on the show today. No worries. And uh, we'll, we'll go to a track and uh, we'll be uh, back after the break with um, international work. We've done international yeah, work we'll section. Some oh, that's right. I've teed it up. It's called Bill's Rant, I think. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned for that. I'm going to get fired up after this break. And, uh, or more uh, fired up. Or, or more, yeah, more, more fired up here on Workers Power for Triple Z. But anyhow, and we've got uh, Gold Stars with History.
So, um, yeah, Gold Stars, that's uh, that's actually Branko's band and uh, a good opportunity for your cross promo here for um, Tuesday mornings as uh, we're travelling in to do the Workers' Power show. We enjoy um, Branko and uh, Cam on uh, 4ZZZ on Unnecessary Knowledge, one of the great shows here on uh, 4ZZZ. Well, for another bit of cross-promo, while I was travelling in this morning, I was listening to 4ZZZ's new podcast, From A to Z, which is documenting some of the history of, uh, the 45-year history of 4ZZZ. It's got episodes on, uh, from how it dealt with the Joe era, like apparently they had journalists calling joe every single morning yeah to, to ask him about what's going on uh question about his recent actions and uh, another one is uh looking back at the murray hour which isn't so much talking about it but it's a bunch of clips from the murray hour which is pretty interesting to listen to the, the from the murray hour a whole i'm pretty sure it's that one um that started in four triple Z, and mm. that ended up turning into a whole radio show, a radio station within itself. Yeah, ninety eight nine FM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That the, started I here on four triple Z. Show uh, Let's Talk on ninety eight nine FM. That's a really good one, hosted by Bo Spearham, who was an organizer yeah. with Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. Uh, which is always a really great way to keep up with like what's going on, like what kind of uh yeah what's going on in the aboriginal community especially right. in it's brisbane a, it's, a, it's a great station and uh yeah 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 we we here in community radio we do show so show solidarity with other community radio stations oh especially especially one that we had a had a um a, a help in starting out you know which is uh <laughs> Fantastic. There's some great history with 4 Triple Z. I've had a you know fantastic week um, uh, during the 45th birthday week. I, I hosted a birthday party out at Banshees. I uh, we went to we were at the uh, 45th uh, celebrations at Green Slopes, and yeah, just pl- plenty going on. And um, and and the show last week that I that, uh, that I did with um, Alexis, uh, activism through the ages, was really really fun. You know, it was really really good to be a part of. It was quite an honour to be asked, and uh, you know, it, it, it shows that uh, you know that was um, ha- how workers' power is um, getting itself established here in Four Triple Z, and mm. you know, we're 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 part of the furniture now, so to speak. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, I've got that one downloaded on my phone. Looking forward to listening to it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was a good one. I think you'll like the uh, sketch that we did. <laughs> it, it was good. It was good. Alexis was a lot of fun, and and you can catch a uh, uh, well. I'm not sure. Alexis is the news coordinator, and uh, um, you know, which brings us uh, things like Brisbane lines and and um, and also Z lines when it comes back in the new year. So. Uh, um, and uh, and has been a, a guest on on our workers' power as well. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, ke- um, keep up to date uh, with. Uh, and Alexis will be bre- uh, uh, organising the team to keep us all up to date on important news. Right now, I've, I've left myself a little bit of a time for a rant here. Now, I think I can just. Oh wait! First off, we've got to talk about events. What events? Now, is there just that one that we're going to chat about? Uh, Have you spotted any others? All that I know of. Yeah, well, so the the one that I wanted to talk about is uh, keep keep your your eyes peeled, comrades, because uh, United Workers Union um, have some members down at um, Smeaton Grange, which is out near Campbelltown. 
which who have locked their workers out. Now, how this works is is that um, you know the the workers uh, rejected the EBA offer from from Coles. Um, and then um, Coles uh, weren't interested in uh, negotiating anymore and so uh, industrial action ensued and um, these uh, the grubby Coles um, decided to, oh, well, uh, well, we'll just shut that, that facility down for three months. So that means all those workers, 350 of them, don't have any income over Christmas. So... Yeah. Get onto United Workers uh, socials and their webpage, and check out how you can you can help. There, there, there's a petition to sign. There's a, a group fund. I don't know what what platform they're using, but there's a, a, a an opportunity that you can donate directly to those workers to help them through this difficult period. And also, I want you to uh, we can uh, I want you to stay tuned to. Uh, uh, Workers Power Facebook page, and uh, a- a- any minute now, I'm expecting an event, a community event, to be organised. So, stay tuned, and uh, uh, um, we'll get we'll get the community organised and come together so that we can highlight the plight of these workers. And I've just found uh, one more event. This is actually tonight at 7pm being organised by the Brisbane Labour History Association. It's online uh, and it is to meet Anne Richards. Um, So Queensland writer Anne Richards captures a period of Queensland's revolutionary change a half century ago in her memoir, A Book of Doors. Uh, So, yeah, it looks like... um, We'll uh, talk with an author who's been writing about the uh, revolutionary history of Queensland and uh, probably a bunch of other stuff. Uh, It looks like personal experience too, so a pretty exciting event. That's tonight at 7pm online. So check out the Brisbane Labour History Association Association Facebook page if you want to... uh, do that great organization and and um shout out to the to blrha and uh they will be back on the first uh, tuesday in um uh january and to uh and and the first well hopefully the first tuesday of every month forever ever and ever <laughs> we'll, we'll have someone from the brisbane labor history association come in and um and and chat with us uh, 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 about uh, um, a, a moment in workers history well, we better get on the scallywag of the week, so I give myself enough time now. Um, it's to do with the boot, of course, and um, so the scallywag, the winner is Christian Porter, the Industrial Relations uh, Minister. Uh, it's about the omnibus law. Yeah, the omnibus yeah. law, right. So so that was introduced and um, they rushed through the, uh, DM, the, the uh, de-amalgamation things with the support of the Labor Party. But that doesn't really affect too many workers. The thing that does affect workers is the boot test. Now, what the boot boot overall the boot stands for is better. So when we're saying boot test, we're actually <laughs> you know going the better off overall test test. So it's one of those funny acronyms like ATM machine. You we know, should like, just call it the boot test. Yeah, That's the boot. Yeah, the scary. boot test it scares the bosses. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So what the boot test is, is it stands for better off overall and, and it, it guarantees that um, all workers under an enterprise agreement must be better off than the award, 
right? So a, a good example was was me. I'll talk from personal experience. Coles and SDA negotiated a terrible below award detail, uh, um, EBA, that was proven in the Fair Work Commission that didn't pass the boot test. And um, uh, the way that it, that it happened was is loaded rates. Now, you're going to hear this term bandied around a lot. Loaded rates means they, they, the day shift people, their hourly rate goes up. So they load that rate up, but then they cut the penalty rates for those that work after six. And in the retail industry, those that work after six Saturdays, so you go back to pre 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 Duncan Hart, right? Who 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 challenged the boot? Him and and Josh, who challenged the boot within Coles. I I was I was getting paid one hundred and twenty dollars a fortnight, less than what I would have been if I was on the award. That's because I had what they call a loaded rate, which was, uh, you know, it was it was only marginally higher than the award day rate. But then I didn't get any um, uh, uh, penalty rates for after six or Saturdays. And it was only time and a half for Sundays, which it used to be double time back in the day. But the government, the government seen that there were so many workers, Coles, Woolworths, McDonald's, um, KFC didn't get their pay, penalty rates at all. There were so many workers that weren't getting penalty rates it made them so easy to cut them on Sunday. It made it so easy. It was part of the Fair Work Commission's deliberations that most people don't get penalty rates anyhow, and that's because they were negotiated away for a loaded rate. Now, the the, the thing that I wanted to highlight here here is penalty rate. It's a penalty rate for working crap hours. Mm. You know, like I, I, for a long while I didn't get to have dinner with my kids. Should I, I should be compensated a little bit extra for that? I, you know, any worker yeah, should. Working at working the night shift puts you out of sync with like pretty much all of society. I used to have to work Saturdays. I think I will. Yeah, for a while there, I was working both Saturdays. You know, every Saturday I'd be working and and stuff like and getting no extra from the Monday to Friday. I was getting paid the same rate on Saturday. That was what I was on Monday. The, the, the heartbreaking thing was is um, um, I, I used to work Saturday nights for a while and um, and I used to get paid the exact same money that someone working on a Monday at 9 o'clock got. You know, I, I, I was sacrificing, you know, family time, friend time, and, not, and, and the company wasn't penalised in any way for it. So that, that's a bit of a rundown on, on, on how the... The, the boot was abused and then enter, um, you know, Ra- Duncan Hart, Josh Cullinan, Bill Smith and, and Rafu and uh, we stood up, we fought back and um, uh, the, the Fair Work Commission actually had to change the way they did agreements. They actually had to start looking at them and actually start reading them rather, th- rather than being a rubber stamp process. I've heard figures of, uh, of somewhere up of their workforce in that particular area has grown by 300% since Rafa has come along because... You know, like because they actually have to make sure that all workers are better off overall, and so we fast forward to um, to last week, and and um, the Liberal government, uh, of course, you know they 
they, they love McDonald's. They love Coles and, 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 and all the like. And they're, they're working on relaxing uh, the, the, the boot and the way that the, the boot applies um, and so that workers can, uh, we can, so that the, uh, Coles can have their workers and Woolworths and others can have their workers go back on loaded rates and cut their penalty rates, which is terrible. It's, it, it's, it's an attack on the working class. It's attack. It's an attack on the most vulnerable and, and, and quite frankly, underpaid, as is, um, uh, workers in our community. So, um, yeah, yeah, just trying to, uh, you know, agitate, educate and organise you there, uh, uh, listeners, and uh, so that you're aware. I hope I've done all right. At exp- you got any questions, anything that uh, uh, I've not explained well? Uh, well, how are people going to fight back against this, Bill? Great, great question. That's fantastic. Well, one is they're going to join their union. And then they're, you know, of course, it, it, if you work in retail and fast food, their union is the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union. And um, and uh, if, they're, if workers are in the warehousing industry, they would join the United Workers Union. Or UWU. UWU, UWU. And if you're in hospitality... Um, yeah, it's you, Woo, again. And so they're, they're the good... I reckon that would be a good 80 to 90% of the workers affected, you know. So join your union. Um, and even if, you, uh, uh, even if you're um, uh, a well-paid worker, um, find out more and, 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 and talk about it. And Because once they finish ripping off the retail and fast food workers and the warehouse workers... They're coming for you, comrade. That's right, you, comrade. Sitting at home, listening, thinking that, oh, she'll be right. Well, no, she won't be right. Once they're finished with us, they're going to come from you. So, um, yeah, that's that's about it for, for us for the t- today. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, Christian Porter, as, as well as all the other LNP, are all scallywags. Um, but uh, this week he is highlighted for being the scallywag of the week. All right, well, I better um, rush on because I don't even have enough time to play my last song. Um, I don't oh. want to chew into too much time on, on Brisbane Line. Stick around. Um, and um, we will be back. Um, we will see you next Tuesday here on 4 Z. All around the world, sea levels are rising. And so are First Nations people. When our homelands are on fire and our rivers run dry, when sacred sites are desecrated and communities are left behind. We don't just see the climate crisis, we, we feel, feel it. We literally feel the pain in our own bodies when this is happening. It is our right and our responsibility to look after country. We follow in the footsteps of our ancestors, fighting for country, for culture and our future. We are seeing and our movement is growing. giants are paying politicians to stand in our way but what we have that they don't is each other together we can change the course of history it's time for much more than climate action it's time for climate justice it's time for everyone everywhere to stand up 
We are the first scientists, the oldest continuing culture. We've defended Mother Earth for thousands of generations. We've survived every shitstorm that's been thrown at us. We are First Nations. We are trailblazing the path out of this crisis. We know what to do. It's time for you to follow our lead, and together we can build a future worth fighting for. At SeedMob, we stand shoulder to shoulder with communities on the front lines of fossil fuel extraction and climate impacts. We're mobilising across the country to hold governments and big corporations accountable. We are young, black, deadly warriors, and together we're unstoppable. Will you join us?